This is Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I am your guest host, Kimberly Winston. This week, we are listening to a special documentary from the Spiritual Edge podcast, Becoming Muslim. Let's get back to the story with host and reporter, Hana Baba. Now we're going to turn to a different story from a community you may not usually think about having connections to Islam. This is a recitation of the Quran in Spanish. Growing up as a Sudanese Muslim kid in Texas and the Midwest in the 1980s, I didn't know of any Latinx Muslims. But today, they're definitely here. There are currently hundreds of thousands of Latino Muslims in America. My colleague Natasha Haverty explored some of the reasons why they're converting. Well, one reason has to do with the mass exodus from the Catholic Church. For others, it's tracing heritage back 800 years to Andalusia and the Muslim kingdom that ruled the Iberian Peninsula. A lot of Latinx converts call themselves reverts. Natasha takes it from here. We, we have to remember who we are as Latinos while we walk this path of Islam. Nowhere does it tell us to to discard who we are. A lot of Latinx Muslims talk about a pressure they feel after they convert to erase a huge part of who they are, the Latinx part. Some call it their Latinidad. I did not choose to be Puerto Rican. Now, if I could have chose, I would have chose Puerto Rican because I love it, right? And they talk about a loneliness that comes from that pressure. We're completely used to breaking our fast alone. Like, this is something that's not foreign to a lot of us who've come to the religion because we don't have Muslim families. Aaron Siebert Yera and Raul Gonzalez both converted to Islam 20 years and half their lifetimes ago. Both have been trying to answer the question of how to reconcile their identity as Latinos with their identity as Muslims ever since. One has dedicated his life to helping the Latino Muslim community find itself— the other still isn't even sure being in a community as a Latino Muslim is possible. Let's start with Raul. As a little boy, Raul's earliest experience of religion was feeling terrified. My auntie was very, very uh, Pentecostal. Pentecostal, she didn't tint her hair. She was very, you know, they were very uh, modest in their dress. But it was, you know kind of freaked me out because in the in the Pentecostal religion, and this is not to downplay anyone's religion, this is my experience, uh, the person over here would start speaking in tongues. Latina woman talking crazy. I'm used to that because I'm Puerto Rican. But, you know, in a language I don't know, now I'm getting ready to run. I meet Raul on a Saturday afternoon in early March of 2020, just before the pandemic hit, inside a storefront mosque in Chicago's West Englewood neighborhood. Most signs down the avenue here are in Spanish, selling manicures, legal services, tacos. Raul smiles warmly as he passes through the doors. He's stocky, has a gray beard. He wears glasses and a taquilla, a cloth skull cap. I think this is probably it here. That's fine. That's we fine. find a seat in the little 
lobby where worshippers leave their shoes before entering a huge room with low ceilings and fluorescent lights. Just as Raul and I sit, the one other person in here, an older guy, goes to the far back corner and starts to pray. This is called the Adhan. This is the call to prayer. Five times a day, the the caller, the muedin, he calls out, it's time to pray. Five times a day, the religion of Islam calls you to success. It's a reminder that Islam leads to success. I ask in a whisper if the man praying is the imam. Raul smiles and shakes his head, no. See, this is the thing about Islam. There's no uh, chief priest. If the imam falls out, we're not supposed to stop the prayer. This is what seems to light Raul up the most as he gets into his relationship with Islam. He feels like it fully invites him in without a single leader telling him what to do. That unlike the Christian church he was raised in, which has a clear hierarchy with one person telling you what's right and wrong, Islam feels more egalitarian. Growing up, Raul faced a lot of violence as a kid and lived all over. New Jersey, Florida, Puerto Rico. Some years in an orphanage, some in foster homes. You know, always moving around. Whoever, whoever's available to hold me down, hold me down. He'd done time in a few juvenile institutions by the time he was a teenager. When he came back to Chicago to live with his mom, he joined a gang. Then when I came home, I was looking for more family. And then I started, you know, getting involved with the street family. And... You know, the gang was my religion. The gang was my religion. And uh, and I was a worshiper. Raul has a word for the years of his life before he came to Islam. It's called Jahaliyyah. Jahaliyyah, the days of ignorance. He's hesitant to go into those days. For him, choosing Islam was a chance to start over, to erase that chapter. What Raul does say is when he was in a gang, he was on the front line. It demands a lot. You know, if a lifestyle, when you choose a lifestyle, you got you to gotta, uh, follow the, the way of that lifestyle. Right? And I was fully committed. That's what I mean when I worship. Raul says his family tried to get him to change course, tried to push him back to the church. They even sent him to seminary. Raul says he knew he should change, but the pull of the streets was so much stronger than the pull of Christian priesthood. So his worshiping of the streets took him all the way to prison, where he spent years of his life. After a fight with a corrections officer, Raul got sent to the hardest prison in the state. Pontiac Correction Center in Pontiac, Illinois. It's the highest max joint in the Illinois Department of Correction, 23 hours a day. No human contact, no nothing. One day, on a walk back from his daily hour of wreck, his arms and legs in chains, Raul passed a prisoner walking the other way down the gallery who called out to him, claiming to be a guy he'd known from the streets. But Raul had no idea who this guy was. He looked nothing like the gang member he was claiming to be. What well, was with the long beard, the totally different energy? And he said, bro. And he pulled his beard around. He says, look. And I looked at him and I said, oh, that is you, bro. What's up? I said, what you old man? He says, I'm Muslim. I said, Muslim? How you a Muslim? We Puerto Ricans. We uh, kings, you know. 
Seeing this friend in a new, unrecognizable form got under Raul's skin. Back in his cell, he didn't have access to electronics like TV or a Walkman. That's what happens when you get in a fight with a guard in prison. But Raul did get his hands on the Quran, which for the next year, he says he read over and over. And one day, without any fellow worshipers or teachers to talk to, he made one of the biggest decisions of his life. I, I, I took my shahada right there in an uh, eight gallery of, of Pontiac Correctional Facility. Almost 20 years later, Raul has positioned himself to be sort of the helper figure for any Spanish-speaking person in Chicago finding their way to Islam. As he and I are talking, a couple other people, colleagues of his, arrive at the center and start setting up a folding table with plates of Mexican cookies and Qurans in Spanish, getting ready to greet any Latinos who may show up today for an introductory class to Islam. Their group is called Ojalá. It's an important word in Spanish, and it's descended from a phrase in Arabic that sounds really similar. Inshallah, inshallah, God willing. Ojalá, inshallah, God willing. Raul says the idea of Ojalá Foundation is all about being a place where Latinx people can still feel a sense of belonging as they explore Islam. We're a dawah organization. This word dawah means, uh, in the Arabic word, it literally means a call, but it also means an invitation. So it's a cough, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to think. As part of that, Raul goes out into the streets most Friday nights with other Muslims and hands out food, or these days PPE, to people who are homeless and tells people about Islam. Raul's a gig worker by day, but doing this work with Ojala seems to be the way he's found himself. Raul says there are as many variations of how to be Latino as there are to be Muslim. For him, his purpose and ability to feel like he belongs in this religion he's embraced is putting himself on the front lines of building the community of Latino Muslims here in Chicago. He says a big thing his organization can offer is just a shared language. So the Latino, there's a language barrier. Okay, with uh, because a lot of Latinos don't speak English, and many of the the imams they don't uh, speak Spanish. So what happens when a Latino takes the shahada? Okay, everybody greets him, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. Uh, but then, uh, where's the follow up? Where's the where's the who's going to teach him how to pray? Behind Raul, his handful of peers from Ojala are putting up the organization's banner, and there's a kind of anxiousness in here like you might feel in the minutes before your birthday party's supposed to start, about who, if anyone, is going to show up for the class today. It's still a small community, and there's a sense the group is on borrowed territory in here. I've always wanted a family, you know? I mean, that's even why I got involved in the gang, because I wanted a family. And so now I found Islam. Yes, they look at me funny. If I allowed other Muslims perspective of me to determine whether I was going to stay a Muslim or not, I would not be a Muslim right now. In the first Ramadan under COVID, Raul posted a video of himself trying to reach out to Latino Muslims. We have arrived at another ending of this Ramadan and beginning of Eid. Alhamdulillah, may you and all your family enjoy the celebration of Eid. You deserve it. That story was produced by Natasha Haverty. 
We are listening to Becoming Muslim, produced by KALW's The Spiritual Edge. A link to an expanded version of this story can be found on our website, interfaithradio.org. You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Stay with us.